Hello and welcome to the Daily Lawyer. I'm Jenna Krishnan. I'm the host of the Daily Lawyer podcast. And uh, today is our second episode in our Careers in Law series. And today we are going to speak about all things litigation. We are going to speak about counsel practice. We're going to speak about mediation. We're going to speak about what it means to be a counsel and all the allied roles you can play as a counsel. Today I have... Uh, my good friend Rutika Padia, she's a counsel. Her bio is super inspiring because she's a first generation lawyer. Uh, she's been a lawyer for 13 years now. And she is, yeah, yeah she's an advocate on record of, uh, with the Supreme Court. She's a counsel in the Bombay High Court. She's a trained mediator. She's, uh, she's an arbitrator. She's uh, a cyber law expert. She runs an NGO in the middle of all of this. She's an arguing counsel. She does corporate training. I don't know how she does all of this. She's going to tell us. She's also a, an impaneled uh, advocate with the State Legal Aid Association, uh, with the Bombay High Court, and also with the BMC and uh, with MTNL also, right? Uh, so I, I really don't know, Druti, how you manage to fit all of these roles in one uh, career lifetime. But uh, you will have to tell us that. So I want to start with you being a first generation lawyer, uh, which for those who don't know, uh, it means that there is no other lawyer in your family other than you, at least in your immediate circle. So can you tell us from the time that you, why did you get into law? Like you, why did you start over there and then tell us how the journey was to, you know, to litigation and into what you're doing today. Uh, Jenna, firstly, I must congratulate you for the wonderful that you have started uh, podcasting. It's a brilliant idea. It's not only going to benefit uh, our legal fraternity, but many litigants, audience who want to know law, Thanks. who want to benefit Thank our you. Thank I congratulate you and a big applause to you for that. Thank because you. because uh, you're in litigation and you know what it is like. So now I'll come to your uh, questions and then I'll answer that like. Well, uh, law is a very fascinating subject. So since I was in ICSE school, uh, uh, studied in Queen Mary, and I did a lot of literature reading, we had a lot of those pot belly, uh, you know, suspender-based English lawyers, uh, you know, read-ups. So I did think this was one thing that is a very noble profession. Not only this, you want to fight for the right, then how do you actually do? You have to have the qualifications, the status for it. I mean, you just start fighting on the street or you start fighting amongst your friends. It doesn't give you a purpose of achievement. Achievement would be when you take up a cause or you do something for the society. And I always felt like I should some do something big for the underprivileged people. Like, you know, why are these uh, children begging on the street? Why can't they go to school? You know, as a child, I would be asking my dad this. He's from a business background. We studied law. So I thought if I am going to be a lawyer, Somewhere institutionally, I will help this, uh, you know, system to change, to uplift these people, which obviously many, many people did work, you know, hardcore to get them up. But then as I struggled and I said, no, I must do it. I had my very close uh, mentor, very best friend who just, you know, passed away in last fourth May. He was my, uh, you know, a close, a close buddy to push me that, no, 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 you do it. You can do it. Whenever people said, you can't do it. Come on. You're a very mischievous uh, person. You can't get into all this hardcore academic things. I said, no, I must take it as a challenge. So that's where uh, I must tell you even an interesting thing. Post 12th, we did five-year law course, right? I did not get admission in government law college. 
but another uh, neighbor friend of mine who was basically um, just you know a communicative friend of mine he says he gets in glc without even filling the form i don't believe that but he got in even without you know uh, really doing much of it through whatever references so i felt very disheartened i said listen i want to go in a government law college the best college in mumbai only for some point percentage i'm not getting in so i did speak to the principal and episodely i told her ma'am can you help me to get this she's like it's not possible then i promised her i'll come next year and i took admission in svkm all the way from south bombay going till uh, you know vile parla and a new college of first year opening college and i said no i'll do i topped those both semesters with highest percentage and i got transferred in glc so so i think that's how it was like the hard start up like but i'm like i'm not going to give up i want to do this that's where i just started thinking about law and then when i saw literature logic pol science in a two years law i'm like this is amazing to even you know uh, actually uh, learn and you know educate ourselves more into it so it was very very fascinating from the day one that's about how and, i and is this the reason why you wanted to get into litigation uh, because you wanted to help uh, you found you felt that litigation is one area where you can directly influence somebody's life or why didn't you yeah, choose I, a corporate uh, you know because most nowadays at least most uh, young uh, graduates they all want to do corporate like nobody wants to get into lit everybody wants to do all the fancy things you know first it was sebi and securities law now it is all cyber and all that rubbish nobody wants to do lit so uh, why did you choose like this you know it's it's not the most glamorous uh, part of law it's Uh, it's the most well known but it's not the most glamorous part of law i would i would just say one thing if uh, i got the opportunity to sit in the court 24/7 i would just sit and observe different kind of people is studying the psychology of people so so this is something i always enjoyed i'm like litigation is like you draft something on desk as a solicitor you do that as an article why i argue when i have done this drafting and why i be the voice of this person who is litigant here addressed to the court so i always thought that somewhere i want to be their voice and i want to go to the court and convince the court that look this is actually a genuine problem with proper case studies with proper you know um, sections laws amendments a lot of struggle is the litigation is a lot of waste of time it frustrates me even today sometimes why is my matter not reaching but then i do feel that why i took that because when i did my article ship with harish mehta and company he was into labor litigation i got this um, opportunity to attend high court where i saw different benches but i could not appear that time i was like i want to go and argue it even as a student i wanted to go and argue so i was like this is not the way this person is arguing this is the way it could be it so i had that zeal and zest of litigation and then when i would use my strategy as a junior article clerk or i would discuss with some senior counsels i would be like oh my god how well they are prepared what i'm talking is just like so minor like you know this is so much more into it so more and more years i put in i felt i don't want to do a solicitor job in a law firm get some package i want to just struggle out to be the voice of the people and that's where litigation is today if you want to be the voice of the people and get some amendments in law or get some policy set up or get some you know you know just fair and you know just idea about you know what could it be because so many disputes are coming forward like how do you help them sometimes you feel you can't do anything about it because people's ego is so high so even if you litigate it's pointless sometimes i feel there's no point of just fighting 
is better to close so when i went in litigation i did think that somewhere this should stop is enough but that full stop point sometimes parties don't want it and sometimes lawyers don't want it to happen so i felt this is a whole uh, circle where we have to balance the two and see which stakeholder will benefit the max in what short time that's what we are trying to even do today ruti for someone who doesn't know um anything about the law or, or the possible careers in the law they probably won't know what a counsel is and what a solicitor is uh, so just kind of talk to us or about what is it that a counsel does and uh, you already explained the reason why you wanted to be a counsel and i think it's beautiful i mean shows a great level of passion which is very rare uh, having been in the in, in the uh, in the industry i can tell you that it's very rare what you are showing and to be a good counsel you, there's no other you definitely need this level of passion uh, but for uh, for somebody who doesn't know and you know what is it that you would say is a counsel like what is counsel practice and who do you think if you in, in, in case you're talking to young graduates or uh, your law students or even people from allied professions who are thinking of doing the law what would you think who would you advise uh, to become counsels what kind of skill sets do you think is required okay this is a very interesting uh, question because the advocacy everybody understands advocacy means we uh, take up a matter we argue uh, we even draft it's a whole package deal sometimes some advocates or some solicitors feel that look the expertise of putting the case before the judge would be on a specialized person who is well read who is well researched and well recognized with a good will with a good face value a good um, you know strength of understanding what would be between this complicated law so that's where the specialization comes of being into a counsel practice it would be like okay i as a counsel would not file vakalatnama means i am not the one i will deal with the clients i'll directly be dealing with the attorneys who will be briefing me and i'll be dealing with the judge by presenting the case of the attorney's clients so this is this is something we usually in bombay do in original sites and all we don't generally uh, you know file vakalatnama but there are people who even file that yeah so you may, you may want to you may want to tell this original site issue because that is a very technical term to it so basically original yeah. site yeah just tell them quite quite so what original site would be from people from bombay who practice here originally and there are the other segments of the bar where even people practice and they come from different regions of maharashtra but they are doing so i'm not showing any discrimination between the two all are advocates all are counsels but each one has their own different chamber uh, you know practice so we can't have like a doing b only and c doing d only it could be a mixed bag of each senior how they want to do it all i'm saying is Uh, if you want to be a specialized counsel, because see, you want to be specialized in law. Like some people work ex- extremely known for criminal law, and some are extremely known for constitutional law. Why? Because they have done all these complicated matters in that specialized field of branch. This is just an example which I'm putting forward. So we would say, okay, fine. So constitutional this particular matter, give the brief to this particular counsel, because at least this counsel, as a specialized person, would be able to put immediately to the court. This is what it is. i'm not saying advocates cannot even advocates argue they can also get but the difference is counsels get uh, per appearance fees like per date wise they get effective non effective hearings fees whereas advocates may take the whole package of the matter it, it depends person to person how they actually want to do it some advocates will also say i'll also charge per appearance so it's it's like being a counsel means i want to go and argue before the court i don't want to deal much with the client 
I want to deal directly with the lawyers is more comfortable for me. And whatever I want ready, I don't file, uh, you know, vakalit number, but I do my drafting. I settle drafts. There are complicated issues. Advocate will say, this is the draft. Can you settle? Have you missed out some points? So we, as counsels, junior counsels to senior counsels, this is day in and out work that we do. Senior counsels is much different than what junior counsels do, but that's that's not the topic that we should even, you know, divert today because those are after recognition of long years of practice, people get it. So I would say uh, being a solicitor would be you do non-lit work, you draft, you do desk job, you run after clients, getting, you know, your bills cleared. Counselors are like, okay, I've given my bill to this particular advocate. It is his duty now to clear and give it to me from his clients. So it's even easier that way. And what do you think are the skill sets that you need as a counsel? Because uh, honestly, the skill sets are very different for an advocate or a solicitor who is not doing active counsel practice or who's not actively representing clients in court, whereas for, and for counsel. So what do you think, uh, you know, uh, some young lawyers or uh, students, if they're looking at counsel practice should, should develop and, and what should they do? Uh, uh, sorry, sorry, just to add to the question, what do you think they should do even in law school? Like, you know, they should do a lot of notes, that kind of thing. I'll give that trips. Uh, see, basically, uh, if you really want to face the court, you must be thoroughly well updated with law. That means you need to have your latest case laws well read. And what is the law? What is the citations? It should be ready in your notebook diary. What I used to do is to keep a hard copy diary. So any case I would study, topic-wise, I would note citations and what it was held. And if I would find anything more upheld,ing or any overruled things, I would try to then go back to my notes and see, okay, what had happened here in this case and how was it? So the law updation is very important. From the day one of your law school, you should encourage yourself in reading Supreme SCC online, SCC uh, hard copy books, uh, Maharashtra law journals, or uh, you say Bombay case studies, you should keep reading the case laws. Bar and bench and live laws are those uh, portals also which they give you updates of, you know, a couple of, uh, you know, e-format of readation, I would say. But I would still go back to commentaries. I'm still the old school thought when it comes to finding the actual citations and all, because that's what I feel as a counsel that, look, I have not missed out some points. Like, not that the judgment would differ with it, but then it's like, I want to study under what head this law was held. Now, where do I get more of it? What was the English case law, if at all, it was originally decided that way. I like to go to the roots of it. So a lot of time investment is there in reading to be a counsel. It's not only your briefs, your notes. Your notes have to be crystal clear because it has to be brief, which you can read in a blink of an eye and you know where, what page number, what order is, what was held. So unless you prepare your brief neatly, a well-computerized type, and nowadays people use even iPads and you know the technologies to put their notes around, you won't be able to immediately read and tell the page numbers and you'll be fumbling around to find where what order was, where what case study was, what was held by the X person and what was held by the Y person, unless you have your notes ready. So thorough reading of the brief is important. And it's smart reading, I would say. So every bits and pieces of the documents, you may have to read sometimes on volumes of it. But what is very important should be handy with you in your brief. So if the court will ask, it should be immediate copy ready, my lord, take it. So many times, even what you want to tell to the court, you are unable to say because you get messed up finding out where what is. So organizing yourself is very important. As a lawyer, as a counsel, as a law student, you have to start organizing yourself, maintain up-to-date data of the law. Thirdly, have confidence in advising people. If you don't know something, stop. 
say i will come back i will refer it i will do my homework and come back do not mislead do not uh, give wrong informations to your clients or either to the judge it gives a very wrong impact on your identity on identity of a good arguing uh, counselor advocate doing many times we randomly say are yes sir you know let's just tell this to the court but if it is not read your documents then what a boomerang you will get so you have to be well prepared a good read up is also very important key point for everybody unless you read you have to throw your laziness you have to read thoroughly you have to have your different color pens ready with you to mark so you know where what is so that makes you colorful from your black and white uniform yeah. on a light way yeah But you have to. I I I I am thinking of you know those sling bags that we used to carry with those four color pens and those highlighters and those flags and those revenue stamps and court stamps and all that rubbish. I think all of us had those little sling bags that we used to roam around with. Uh, even in the mood courts, even in the mood courts, they have to do these decorations <laughs> when they want to win the trophy. So yeah. It's all starting from the law school. Yeah. You have to participate. Yeah. yeah i just had some uh, student asking me about uh, or talking they were you know because nowadays i'm finding that the law students are so much more aware and so much more like motivated than what we were we were like you know chilling at satkar and all of that but uh, anyway they teach us much more than what we learn in the courts yeah they are motivated i would be honest and modest about it yeah yeah they i know i think right. and they are really like uh, very driven yeah they are like uh, doing cyber law courses in first year i mean in first year we were just chilling so i'm really yeah. impressed i must say with uh, many of them enthusiasm is increasing enthusiasm is increasing yeah say it loud yeah so uh, druti one of the reasons why we are doing this careers in law is because i want to genuinely show the world uh, or whoever is listening about the you know the more realistic picture of the legal industry and uh, the various uh, the literally the various careers that we have in the law because most people have this bollywood stereotype of the law and uh, they either it's the bollywood stereotype or it is acha you like to talk you should be a lawyer you like to argue you should be a lawyer you know all this rubbish uh, cliches that we are saddled with so um, one of the things uh, when we speak about litigation i mean it's a it's a very wide open field and luckily luckily for me for today you have done a great deal in this field you so can you talk a little bit about the aor process like you are an aor with the supreme court and why did you decide to be an aor what does what does it mean for people who don't know and uh, what is the advantage of it See, basically for us when we are solicitors we have the advantage to get a you know immediate entry free of the aor after a seven years is over and we show that we practicing in delhi there are many people who are not solicitors and they are still an aor so one year training in delhi is important because if you are an advocate on record in supreme court that's the only status that allows you to file vakalatnama in supreme court or you can go and argue as arguing counsel but you cannot file you cannot have your own uh, case registered because that's what uh, only supreme court would uh, define that oh you want to file in supreme court are you advocate in record do you have your number registered as an advocate on record it's a very tough exam where rigorous studies are required for a lot of people and i think only hundreds would pass like how we pass in solicitors only very few out of 200 or 300 people who sit for it throughout the india so that's the competitive examination and for which a lot of people take great study leaves breaks in their careers to pass these exams and once you pass it 
then you have your uh, system set out of saying, oh, I'm an advocate in record Supreme Court of India. Now come to me, clients, I'll come file for you. It's like this. Like you and me, if we are not AORs, we cannot go in Supreme Court and file on our names. Bakalatnam, as I would say. It would be like, I can go and argue in the court as a counsel, but I cannot be doing the procedural uh, AOR system work. Like That's what it is. And uh, you are also a trained mediator. So can you talk to, uh, first of all, can you tell everyone what is mediation? Because uh, you've gone the gamut. You, you do dispute resolution through litigation. You do dispute resolution through arbitration. And you do dispute resolution of mediation. But what is mediation? And uh, like, what is your experience also? You know, uh, why did you choose to take this certification? I, I really feel mediation is the best option. Supposingly, if the client directly comes to me, like uh, particularly in cases of matrimonial matters or blood relation matters of property disputes, I would just ask them, is there a way you want to settle the matter? Is why you want to go, why you want me to fight for this? If there is a serious problem where I see there's no way out that you know we can't settle the matter or we can't have an attempt to settle the matter. Basically, I would start with attempt. Can we do it? A proposal. Can we think of doing it? First, you have to convince the client, look, think about it. It's worth settling. So there are two ways of mediating. One is a private mediation and one is a court and mediation. So sometimes when we are arguing matters, uh, court would only sometimes say, why don't you all try to settle the matter between you all your brothers, for example. So I was like, I would love to, instead of just arguing and extending the whole dispute to a different level, why not take a chance? It's not necessary that the other party may also agree. But it's a worth trial thing. If they agree, like many matrimonial disputes, which I have in my experience settled out, is through mediation process. This happens through court where appointed panel mediators are there. Or even we as advocates play an important role in trying to you know, resolve by filing consent terms, etc. Why I chose to be a trained mediator? Because I think uh, mediation deals with a lot of emotions, apologies, a lot of um, uh, you know, forgiving attitudes. So unless you see it in yourself, because we are aggressing uh, ourselves in litigation, if you see it in yourself to mold yourself to be like, okay, how can you do this? How can you not do this? Balancing the, uh, you know, gives and uh, no gives, like, you know, that's where I felt I should be a trained mediator because I was invited many, many times in many colleges to train students for mediation courses or mediation competitions. I said, I am already feeling I'm a mediator. What I have is no, no certificate. Might as well take it. And I would I would advise people should take it because then you get opportunities to be on panel, you get opportunities to uh, flaunt out and say, look, I'm experienced mediator to help you resolve the dispute. Otherwise, you go and tell some client, oh, look, I want to solve your dispute. You say, why are you going to fight in the court? What are you going to mediate for us? So it helps you in that way. So it's an additional uh, 40 hours cost. Just take it up, do it, enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah, so I think it's a good uh, uh, it's a good sort of supplement to a, a dispute resolution lawyer's uh, general repertoire. It's a feather. It's a feather. Yeah. And nowadays, a lot of people, particularly, let me share this because all of us will uh, agree to what I'm saying here. In COVID period, when courts were not functioning, many people were like, "Let's go." Yeah, I settled four matters which were pending since 2013. In fact, my I mean, it was just gone because. We were tired of it. Mera next janam tak mera date nahi aata tha. So, correct, correct. 
so this is how i'm saying in covid uh, technology mediation odr which is online also that's you know online dispute resolution forums lot of cases many people have solved it's not only about me today it's about how the whole dispute resolution framework has changed because of the technology and in covid times people wanted to sober down and not really fight but i have also seen many divorce cases increasing in the covid time many property disputes because people had nothing to do yeah so wanted to just you know do but courts yeah. were not functioning so advantage of courts not being functioning we saw mediation picking up yeah yeah quite a lot but i think it's it's both good and bad like you said i mean you have highlighted both the good and bad part of this in the sense that uh, uh, you know mediation picked up so people are more willing to settle and less willing to fight uh you know um dhruti uh, part of the reason why i started daily loyal i was sharing with you before we started this recording that you know it it stems from my own experience as a litigant and uh, also as a legal counsel i found not you know everyday issues like when i used to vet contracts and stuff and it was so difficult for me to convince my sales team uh, or my operations team that you know uh, they used to think that i'm just waiting uh, like i don't get it you know i don't I, when i am trying to say no this is risky you cannot do this like we we cannot sign until i have the uh, for example we are a, i was uh, in a management consulting company and it was like no i have to have the nda like we have to have a confidentiality agreement or i need to know what my ip rights are whether it's protected and so you know small things which are like big things if uh, it is not addressed and people would not know people don't know the importance of things like that they only look at us as uh, you know people who are taking time and uh, elongating a deal and things like that so uh, so one of the reasons why i started edl and this is a question i want to ask everybody who comes on the podcast is in your experience and you are you are very well experienced what do you think are the mistakes that people are making in everyday life that can be more easily resolved like what are some of the mistakes that you are seeing people make time and time again and what do you think are the tips or the uh, solutions to this uh three important things i would like to share it's not only about uh, litigation non litigation or anything if you want to do legal legal profession you want to succeed i would just say three important things don't be arrogant save your dignity stand for the right and you are the officer of the court if you are in court so your client comes second what people tend to do many times with a lot of arrogance and they think oh we are not of zealand zest yes. they they tend to be very brash due to which they may lose their clients or they may lose this you know good argumentative skills in the court so court crafting affects so i would say do not do not be arrogant do not be impatient do not rush have patience Sometimes you may feel uh, things are not going the way you want. Maybe the client is very irritating you. You can't be arrogant. You have to be patient. You have to be polite. You have to be humble. Even if you succeed, you cannot climb the seventh cloud. You have to be on the ground. Which many people they start, you know, changing their own personalities as they grow in the profession. They try to be like, now I want only money. I don't want pro bono work. So with age, people tend to just be more materialistic. I would say, and I think these mistakes happen. mistake as far as what i have made sometimes i have realized in litigation that i end up like you know my you not do this and this 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 interject you should not let one party finish then you should talk so many lawyers do the same mistakes we start interjecting in between so court decorum is shaken up we should avoid second important thing i would say there is never full stop of uh, you know educating yourself 
keep educating yourself like if you think you're bored of law for a moment you may take some management studies it will help you even in your uh, you know setup in your office or in your professional relationship so people tend to be like okay i'm done with my studies is enough for me i don't want to do anything further so that's a mistake mistake which i had made was like i did not do my phd still i wanted to do because it's a research area and now when i don't have time in hand i would say oh god now how do i do all big of it like or if you want to go abroad for llm do it immediately after your law because a lot of times even if you want to go abroad and do like even you have studied like you know in that path uh, let's do it when you are young because as you get more time involvement in your professional you don't get to do what you want to do as a student you will still be a student of law but then the hardcore courses that college university networking you will end up missing so do not make those mistakes and third important thing i would say let's go you don't run after fees fees will come to you run after the work you are getting which is honestly due to you do not try to solicit somebody else's work which many people try to do many times because it's a cutthroat competition to be honest one has to be satisfied of what they get you can't be in a rat race because if you do that then success is very short for you it's not high and these are like mistakes that lawyers make and you've actually given very uh, good pointers clearly you've had a lot of experience which is why you're able to uh, speak so clearly on this topic uh but now i want to ask you about mistakes that common people make like everyday lay people make uh in their dealings that that end up uh, that make them land up in court you know and something that can easily be solved for example like i gave you the example of the non disclosure Oh, and it it was a fight. Okay, I, I've been the I've been in this. I had been in that position for nine years. I'm telling you, the first four years of my uh, uh, legal counsel career went only in fighting and uh, people telling me that yar, ye jana ke pas jata hai. So, but you know, you know how it was. Right, the, to change that perception took really long. So something like that, like things which are everyday things, which uh, which people just don't know and. it can be anything it can even be in your matrimonial disputes or whatever in your experience i'll give you i'll give you a very generalized thing we we should understand who we are we are human beings we land up not being tolerant usne mere sath aisa kiya abhi usko sabak sikhane ka revenge non tolerance revenge jealousy you can't see somebody's success so these are the common people who come to because we are all people. this this qualities are there with us like you know whether you say yes or you say no it is there but the extreme levels which comes and there is no compromise thing so there is no care for each other you don't value or respect the other person there will be the court case sometimes negotiations fail commitments break that's where people can't tolerate so layman or any human beings keep your commitments do not break your commitments because if you do that even with your man and a woman the marriage will suffer if you do it with your father uh, in your properties your property relations with your siblings will suffer so it's like what is due to you is due to you don't try to be more greedy towards things and what is in your box nobody else can take it if they have taken it you have to definitely fight like you know but if you think little is gone and little you have don't invest your years in litigation because it goes for generations particularly in suits particularly in suits writs may be faster But suits never end, you know. It goes for years and years and years. So you have to be smart. Okay, what is the fast solution? What is quick buck for me? And how can I maintain my relations also together? But some people don't want to keep it. They like we don't care. This has happened wrong to us. We want it right. 
otherwise we want nothing but just just the right then that's where be lawyers on and we should then after we explain them so these are the mistakes try to be tolerant give it some time sometimes when one person is too angry keep a chill pill with you don't try to react in the same way because then the vessels will make heavier noise it's it's like that and what do you think of like uh, having things written down or agreed uh, maybe if you are in a like in a more corporate setting or you are a startup and you are try or you are you know just two friends and you decide to start something how do you think they should go about uh, starting uh, their because it's so informal when it starts so you think it it makes sense for them to at least have a- anything written down um, and then sort of because often disputes happen because of that right we we once we start growing i know this question nobody has ever asked me but i'll answer this because because two best friends coming together to start up something all goes good if everybody is settled well what if something breaks out written contract is a must when you are in a professional world you are for a professional purpose you want to start something and create something it should have a base foundation that's contract because without that orally verbally that trust you know in diamond industry where my dad is from they do general trust business oral business they don't write contracts but many times people don't land up paying you then you be in a suit you lose your money there's no evidence you have entered into this particular thing so keep things crystal clear that will save your relations it will save your good bonding and if you have to exit you can exit nicely if it's written in a way it can't be like you know whatsapp chat commitments so it can't be like oh pally bally commitments over the phone when it's commercial purpose that's where commercial disputes are today no no unknown people generally enter into business they're known somewhere or some references there but if imagine there is no contract there's no agreements between the two then how are they going to resolve the matter that's true um the other thing that i really want to talk to you about and this something i really appreciate that you're doing and you've been doing it for a while that is the pro bono work that you do so uh, talk to us a little bit about the pro bono work you do i, I know you do a lot of work with the women and children with women and children and you know a lot of these underprivileged sort of uh, and and the ngo that you run i mean how you get the time to do all this is beyond me but how do you do what what is the kind of pro bono work you do and then then you speak about your ngo as well okay uh, see the kinds of pro bono work i would do is a smallest thing if i earn some fees i would keep my 20 30% of the fees depending on my expenses out for some good work i don't take donations from anybody i do it in my own capacity so i started uh, doing pro bono work by giving free legal aid camps in slum areas or in associations with a constitutional uh, you know constituency mlas or some corporators because they are the people where there the crowd is clouded out with and you can get people coming seeking for help so this is how i started with my early college days when i would hardly know law but i said okay i want to do something socially so we started doing once i got my qualifications of llb i started doing more of it i even thought we should have more lecture series of the law thing so i'm like why under a political banner let's have my own ngo where there's no political uh, you know bannering or anything of that sort we are doing it for the cause that we want so i had another senior leader a good friend of mine who said we'll do a joint foundations of it so we did um, we did lecture series on women and child on eradications of drugs and child abuse we had invited psychiatrists two senior lawyers we had a panel of people talking about it it did it did give a, a mass advantage we did slum donation camps 
as in giving them old clothes old books anybody's birthday come celebrate we'll go to don bosco's and we'll give those boys you know things smallest to biggest things i've celebrated my birthdays generally in donations of those things by giving them fruits that's how my culture my family is like so with that apart from that sanitization was a big problem so i used to go to areas where uh, my uh, constituency mumbai devi areas so there were women problems were there of you know sanitization they did not have civic sense of how to actually keep so we would go and talk in the local words and all these things where a lot of people would not dare to step in i've gone in those areas that, that's <laughs> uh, that, that's where i would like to stay i would like to come with me we'll go and discuss with them we will see what their health is like let's do some various things so i said there are a lot of problems we see many young people they're not behaving properly they're not psychologically fit why because there's something wrong there is this drugs uh, issues which is going all across bombay we don't know whether they take or they don't take but parents should be aware of what the child is doing so we took up those uh, you know small small ngo related thing when i started my ngo in 2015 or something that we started doing the small programs thereafter even for transgenders where i uh, donated seven sewing machines in a school and i thought that's where they should be skilled so they have their own ngos in association with my ngos and we celebrated valentines day with them and i said i love you to them because nobody tells them this like i'm like i get i love you from my friends everybody i'll be telling my friends but who is actually giving them the rights importance who they are to know so the small little thoughts which make you do a event and we get good people supporting us together it becomes a successful event in a way that you make people smile that's the success house and uh, and in covid time uh, i did take a lot of senior citizens to the centers and i thought that not in a position to get vaccine so i'll do more tl on my own litigation name for to go vaccination for bedridden people and uh, for people who are advanced age i would appreciate a judiciary who helped me totally to allow this policy to come in place and today we had bmcs and uh, state and the center going to their homes and giving them vaccines Yeah, actually, I remember that. I remember reading your post on uh, Facebook or LinkedIn. I think, yeah, and it's fantastic, Dhruti. I mean, um, the one part of your legal career that you've done as a first generation lawyer that itself is very inspiring. But I am so um, happy to hear all the social work that you've done because that takes a lot of. Uh, that's a great degree of selflessness that you need, and you have a lot of uh, time investment that you have to put in. so it's it's really it's really like if you like doing it you will do it and basically i was attached to institutions to teach also so i have taught law also to many vernacular students or even people from a good background so i have always believed in contributing back to the society that's where i took this profession for for me that's commercial world comes second. second like this is more like a given it's a noble profession which i said in the day one of my life when i thought i want to do law it's noble yeah let's keep it noble yeah but you are among the very few people who are you know having this not just having the thought but also walking the walk you know they say like they say uh and uh, this just i think I, i want to now segue into our uh, final segment there's so much i can talk to you about all of this druti and i think a lot of lot of no no i mean i'm speaking to you like this uh, after very long right we've never really sat down and spoken uh, about our lives and about our careers so i just know about what you're doing through your facebook and linkedin posts over the years uh, which is why i know that you've been doing a lot of pro bono work and all of that but i and that's that's why i wanted you on the podcast as one of our first guests <laughs> 
uh, yeah, I'm so really I mean, glad. Helpful to anybody who wants to join the race with me, Jena. You're doing fantastic. Yeah, managing your kids, your social life, your commitments. I mean, this is awesome. This is a Thank woman you. empowerment. Thank you. Yeah, we are we are going to hold each other up and uh, and make changes. Right, one one day at a time, one episode at a time. So we have a like the last segment of our podcast is uh, basically I call it five four three two one. I ask you like five uh, five something four something like that, you know. So uh, and I think this you can really answer well. So the five uh, you do so many things in a day or in a week, month, whatever. So can you give us like five productivity tips or it can be anything? It can even be five apps, five something that helps you or help you become a more productive. person uh, in your everyday life meet find new people you will learn something from them have intellectual conversations with people the moment you feel you are feeling negative with a person say excuse me i got to have a coffee and run out you sit with positive people it will make you better it will help you grow you get vibes go with your vibes go with your intuition because i believe what i feel i want to do and if i feel i don't want to do i won't do it because because i can balance what is right and wrong so have that head you know so to be productivity wise sometimes you get a bad case in your hand you feel like how do i argue this case but go with something with a positive hope that something might come let me try you know you can't just throw the brief off and say i'm not going to get a good order is this negative because we land up talk you know in our conversations so i avoid this negative discussions i'm like let's see the what best we can do and let us leave the rest the more we think we get very stressed and avoid talking more than required speak less which i even tell myself i want to improvise sometimes i end up talking so much that i forget that what was actually main point so focus productivity to increase productivity focus on the main subject which i even give tips to my own self while telling this to everybody here so that's very important you know we we land up being very brash secondly if you see somebody needs help if you can help help don't ignore like you know because it's the karma theory that gives you the you know pleasures of where, where what you are if you do good good will come back to you like if you just ignore the good, like you know and just say abhi mera kuch lena dena nahi i don't want to be then you are not in the field where you will do anything for the people you have to touch human beings so you have to be sensitive towards them that's all productivity comes with your hard work success comes and honesty the day you are dishonest the day you feel you are losing your dignity you are not you it's the end of your story so But, keep maintain that hold it tight so one of the key uh, i think one of the key that stones to your journey has been just your hard work and your commitment to the to the profession and to your your intention towards the profession and i think that's really good you keep reminding yourself also for, about that from what oh. i what i can see I do. I'm not here to impress anybody, but impress my inner peace. Yeah, yeah. That's a really good. Uh, that's like a really good tagline uh, to your to this uh, to this podcast. You know, I what? Okay, I'm now in four. So four uh, books that you'd recommend anyone should read. I would go for literature. I'm a literature lover. So read good Shakespeare's Merchant of Venice. Be a Portia, not a Shylock. There. <laughs> so read the kind of uh, you know good books. which will give you uh, energies to understand the good vocabs and good theme in life of what actually it is victorian history is good so i would not go back to those to bore the people here but read 
of any biographies of good people, good judges, uh, their work, autobiographies, good politicians, if you like politics, read about policies. So there are many such books which come up. Kitab Khana is my second uh, hub, you know, apart from my office and uh, Bombay High Court. I do go there to see new books there. So I cannot surely recommend four total books, but I guess a constitutional survival book, you must know it by heart. That is very good commentary. Go for commentaries, don't go for bare action constitution. Then um, another thing I would say, read some uh, good light books also to keep you happy. I mean, don't just read every, everything serious. You have to have humor in life. Mm-hmm. So read some books like, you know, that will give you a good gist of a and say, okay, fine, I just read something nice, yes, something light, you know, yeah. that kind of a thing. Classification would differ from people to people. My choice is literature, Charles Dickens, and I would go for it. Shakespeare would be the second one. Survive for constitutional and for, you know, litigations. We have day in and out uh, high court judgments which come. So that's another compilation of the whole book. Keep reading that. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a good answer, actually, uh, Dhruti. I must say it's a very good answer because you've you've given uh, themes that will suit people and then you've told what, what it is that or suits you. Okay, three tips for law students or young okay, lawyers. If you fail, yeah, if you fail in your ATKDs, if you get, if you're honestly given, don't feel disheartened. Give it for reval, you may pass because many people face this in Mumbai University. So, so keep trying. Keep trying. Your goal is not your scores. Take practical internships. Take uh, good internships with good seniors. Just don't go for the banners of the firm's names and all. Do judicial internship also, I would say. It's very important because I didn't do that. But then I advised my sister to do it. She enjoyed it. So judicial internship is also a good scope. And for um, law students, it's just not that you can be a lawyer. You can be an IS officer. JMFCs are there. So there is various scope. So, you know, I mean, evaluate yourself while you are studying, not just mukals or not just jabbalas or commentaries to pass the exams, but what do you want to be after you pass? Or what is your future goal? So start planning that way from the time you are in the law school. Because I did that when I was in the law school and I'm like, I want to be a solicitor. So how do I go about it? So I signed my articles at the right time, you know, and then I became a solicitor at the right time without wasting time. It should not be it's too, too late in the day then to do. It's never too late, but then you lose your good period to mm. actually get those qualifications and think. participate with good social activities, mood courts. And also don't underestimate yourself by comparing yourself with others because each one is unique. Yeah, I think the last the the last one is uh, is really very important. I think we all do. I do it a lot. I'm constantly thinking, oh my goodness, I'm like, where am I? Yeah. And, you know, so yeah, I know. So you've actually just drawing down from your last point, two life lessons that you have learned in your life that you want to pass on. I would say um, don't don't have a heartbreak in your life because sometimes you have a heartbreak. Why did I take this profession? I'm not getting satisfactory results. Let your heart beat positively. Try to be in the system. So my life experience is like, oh, why am I not getting the order here? What the hell? I argued well. Then I consoled myself. Look, you argued well. You did not get the order. It was not meant for it. Maybe you work better for the next case. There is mm-hmm. some fault in you. So I'm learning lessons that way. If I'm not getting a good order, I don't blame the judge. I blame myself. I'm not well prepared. Maybe the case was bad, you know? So I have to evaluate myself. That's first lesson. Evaluate yourself. We make mistakes. We don't, uh, we are overconfident at times. So we should balance and know where we are going wrong. Okay. And uh, that's why I said, don't have heartbreaks. Don't regret. I mean, it happened. 
improvise it like yeah. you know yeah that's important if you don't improvise it then it's your bad luck that you don't want to improve you're just yeah. lazy then yeah simple as that like you know you have to evaluate yourself and second lessons i would say in life is when people say you can't do it show them you can do it because it will happen if you want it to happen yeah that if people that's want you to do it no no if people want you to do it and you are not happy about it don't do it you don't have to please the world you have to please your inner conscience and make it like uh, you know respect what i want to do for the future each day is a bad day each day is a good day then how you want to divide it is up to you so then uh... Now the last because you've given so much good advice. I'm going to ask you a different question than what I initially planned. I want to uh, ask you what do you think? How do you think all of us, all of us who are already in the system, and all of the uh, students who are coming in, and other allied professions who are you know every everyone who form part of this entire ecosystem? How do you think we can? There are a lot of changes that we can bring in to our system. It's already very stressed right now. What do you think we can all do? Uh, to to make a positive change in the system as a whole like i would for me this doing the daily lawyer platform is my contribution you know uh, doing your pro bono work is like your contribution what do you think each of us can do in a generic way that to to actually make a difference in the system i say firstly stop having gender sympathy oh we are women we are like the you know bad bad this way don't have the gender sympathy at all yeah. okay also also hello Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, don't have uh, don't have overconfidence about uh, what you do. Uplift your people. Uplift your junior. Don't say उसको आगे ऊपर नहीं आने देना है. ऊपर आ गया तो मेरे से आगे चला जाएगा. Don't do that. It's very petty. Let let us all grow together. Let us all benefit together. Because I have in my own experience lost a very good clerk. I groomed him. I uh, made him study law. Then I told him you're not fit to be a clerk with me. you fit to be a lawyer out so i feel it's a pleasure if you uplift somebody by not letting the person know i'm uplifting you by not giving him tana tanis you see i'm doing this much for you just do it whether they know it or they don't know it you do it because that's how the system will become stronger if you pull down somebody you're putting negativity in the system so that's how it's up to you how positively you want to build the system and then blame the finger at others ke look they are doing this to you or they are doing that are you doing something good for anybody show that first yeah that's true druti it's yeah. been a real pleasure yeah speaking to you i'm so glad uh, we took this time out i'm so glad you gave me this time and we could it's a pleasure jana it's your thing and you're doing such a fantastic thing my little contribution of 0.000001% is making me feel elated yeah but this, this is like the compounding effect right like everybody uh, puts in their hand and then it it becomes something of value so uh, but this is truly a been a very valuable conversation I, i can already think of so many ways that we can use all the things that you've said today so thank you so much and we're going to have more such conversations because you have a lot to give and i'm going to get you back on this podcast to speak about Uh, it's my pleasure i congratulate you for this please make it like the sky is the limit kind of a conversation get us all learning on your podcast because we love to learn from you the way you are uh, having your auditory skills i appreciate thank you're you you're a very good orator <laughs> i always thought jana was a shy girl always busy you know work but you're such a good bold orator yeah this is what i thought <laughs> okay. okay thank you <laughs> thanks druti thank you, but it's uh, my pleasure and, yeah uh, 
apologies for any mistakes or any hard feelings if i've spoken out straight from the heart yeah for sure i i really don't think there's anything like that but uh, i'm so glad ruti thank you so much thanks 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 yes look forward to catch up for a coffee with you yeah i'm i'm going to hit i'm going to call you when i'm in uh, town next 100% looking yeah. forward looking yeah. forward yeah chalo Take care. Thanks, thanks so you. much bye bye, bye. bye. bye.